Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Outside of the morning hours. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. We've got some 3 a.m. listeners. Good morning to you, Amanda LaFrada. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you this morning? I'm well. I'm well. I've learned the bus route this morning, so got caught behind a bus. But other than that, everything's good. Um, we have rankings to talk about. That's uh, pretty wild. And that was the discussion this morning at the gym. It's the Already the Georgia-Alabama, Georgia looked better than I. I'm like, this is all going to sort itself out. I, I've always found it very interesting how people get so caught up in ratings in September, rankings, I should say, in September. So the AP is out, Tennessee in the top 25 poll. We've got a huge, huge show today. Eric Kane will join us from BallQuest and Locked on Balls. So looking forward to that. We've got a lot going on. And I uh Really, maybe it was uh, self-indulgent, but I just uh, really enjoyed a great conversation with uh, Heath Schuler. It's great because of him, not because of me. So we'll get to that as well. Please mash on that like and uh, subscribe button. Like us, subscribe, and set your notifications on. I'll give you a for example. Uh, Heath Schuler dropped yesterday. If you didn't have the notifications on, you didn't know it. John Adams is going to drop today a little bit later. If you don't have your notifications on, you're not going to know it. So we want that subscribe button punched and like it's too bad we don't have a love but that's what we ultimately need if you had a what if you had a love button like a heart i think there's 
think we could market that. Facebook has a heart. Well, Twitter has a heart. <clears throat> Twitter has a heart. And I remember, do you remember when Facebook went from the, you know, it used to be somebody would say, oh, my grandmother passed away. And you would just click like. Heart. Well, you would click like because like it's prayers or something and you're in a hurry. But really, you don't like the fact that the person's grandmother died. So they switched it, what, about eight years ago or so, where you could do different emojis. Ten, I don't eight. think it was eight years ago. I think they switched it like two years ago. Well, oh, they, you can do different emojis, but they switched it to where there was like a care emoji. So you could just care. Right. And I I just always felt weird about, you know, you're on your phone and you shouldn't be texting and driving, but unfortunately I, I do, and I'm trying to stop that. And I can really quickly hit like and tell you I'm thinking of you, but I don't like the fact your grandmother's dead. So hit like, and if you can find a love button on YouTube, go ahead and click on that too. So we have a ton of stuff to get to today. The Let me just, I love just opening it up and getting Amanda's thoughts from the get. Um, the top 25, Tennessee makes it in at 24. They didn't make it in the coaches poll. And then if you want to address the top of it, um, you know, people are going to debate Alabama, Georgia until they play very likely in Atlanta. And that's fine. Um, but just anybody else that stood out in the top 25, it's a, stunning to me the first time since 2020 that uh, Tennessee was ranked, Tom Flaws. But what stood out to Amanda LaFrada? <clears throat> that Florida jump was intense yeah i mean that was an intense jump we went from not ranked to 12th so we just jumped everybody on one game that seemed that seemed a, a pretty large uh, large jump there that was not unprecedented i feel like um the wisconsin dropped after just dominating their opponent illinois state but still and still the best thing out of that game was the jump around. <laughs> the announcers. Twitter feed for a giggle. Um. Still, still <laughs> a lot. One had to apologize to his wife on air, which was very awkward. But anyway, continuing on from that, um, those two really, I think that was really surprising to me. And the fact that uh, I think Ole Miss stayed in, which is fine, but they shouldn't have. I don't think they played well enough to to stay where they were. And who else was it that oh Oregon? Oregon's out, right? Completely. Uh yeah, Oregon. Um I, yeah, I don't even see be. where they got votes. So I mean they they dropped com completely out and it should have. I, I, yeah. I mean that uh now they actually somehow some way are 24 in the coaches poll. Now that is the difference ultimately between the AP and the coaches poll. So this leads me into the conversation I want to have with you because ultimately the coaches are, are going to kind of look out for each other a little bit. They know what it's like for if they're filling it out, if they get a final look and some don't even look at it, but for the ones that do, you know, they look at Oregon and they look at a guy who's trying to build up a program and they say, Hey, you just ran into an incredibly tough team. On the flip side, I'm going to talk extremes here. Not everybody's like this. 
But on the AP side of it, as far as the media voters, they actually will approach it in several different ways. Okay. Probably about, I'm, I'm, don't check my math on here, Amanda, but it's probably 25% just go by score and it's like a slotting system. So you have to move up. 25% don't care. I mean, if you really take your time, it should take you a couple hours on a Sunday, which is why I've never wanted to do that. And then you got a, a, about 25% or somewhere that really are volatile. So, like, for instance, we didn't know anything headed into week one. I believe in volatility. Like, I, even if I had Oregon number one and they got beat like they did against Georgia – I would drop them completely out of the top 25. Now, that's not to say that I would vote Georgia ahead of Alabama at the top because you know, Alabama wasn't tested. I still think their starting 22 is better than Georgia. But, Amanda, how would you approach it? I mean, would you be volatile? Would you, would you really move people around? Uh, and at what point in the season do you think the body of work would factor in in your judgment i mean honestly does it really matter at this point are rankings really that not really influential that they're not and to just to prove that they're not you have florida who wasn't ranked in the top 25 and they jump all the way to 12 so this is media guessing at its best i mean that's literally all it is or coaches guessing at their best i mean that's it's everyone is, is doing guesswork, especially for teams that just that have a brand new coach or that, you know, has gone through a transition period. Like it seems that Ole Miss is going through at this moment. This is, this is just a guessing game for the most part. So there's really no point in, you know, ranking people at the very beginning of the season or even after week, week one, because you have no idea. No one knows. No one knows who's who's looking the best and who's not. We can see by performance. Now, when it comes to Alabama, people say they were untested and and all of that. I mean, they forget that this team last year went eleven and three. I mean, it, they weren't. It wasn't Ball State. It wasn't a, a lot better than Ball State. Yes. Yeah, they went eleven and three. They would have been able to hang with Oregon. So it's not. It's not like it's you know Austin P over here. No, it's a legitimate team. It is the down and dirty at 30, and it's brought to you today by our friends at Honey Bee. Honey Bee Coffee with locations throughout Knoxville, but you can order online at Honey Bee Coffee. And man, man, Amanda, it is just great, fantastic coffee, top 5% of the beans in the world. But like you point out, you know, nobody's doing bean counts. I mean, it's just, it is just fantastic. And uh, kudos to Honeybee and all the, the guys there because they are doing a fantastic job. Yeah, they, I mean, they are. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the beans are. It doesn't matter where they came from. And to be honest, if, if we're honest and we're Americans, the sustainability and all of that stuff and, and how they were found and shipped and all that doesn't matter at the end of the day it's what does it taste like is it good and so definitively yes it's good it tastes good and it will get you going in the morning that's all you need to know absolutely so john saying shouldn't even be 
pre-rankings. This is always an interesting conversation uh, for me because, let's face it, like you said, we really don't know, and we really don't know until probably week four, but it creates conversation. Now, I, I will be interested to see the college football playoff, if how much of, of the rankings factor in. So, yeah, I, I think the days of having to climb up the rankings, do you remember when people used to say that you're outside the top 25 so you can never get up to uh, – to a championship game because you have too many people to pass. Okay. Well, that's because of so many AP voters didn't take time and they did the slotting system. And they just said, Hey, I'm done. I got, I got the rest of my Sunday. So, the, you know, when I look at the way college football is set up and going to be set up, if you're in a power five conference or really in some cases, a group of five conference things break right for you, you're going to be in the college football playoff for sure with 12 and i think cincinnati showed that probably with four so um i don't know how this factors into it, but you wouldn't do the pre-rankings at all you said no i wouldn't do the pre-rankings at all because they're they don't they're never accurate they don't make any sense you know i feel like half the people that are ranked end up falling out or if they stay ranked it's only after a whole season of of crap from everybody else to be honest they fall out of the rankings they come back into the ranking into the rankings i wouldn't do preseason rankings because they don't mean anything they really don't they mean zero when it comes down to it the only time they meant something was in like the bcs era where they did computer like they they scheduled stuff like the number one and two by computer rankings and that's the only time that they've really meant anything now they don't and when we have a 12 team playoff they're not going to – it's really not going to matter then. Okay, would you – how would you set the college football playoff? I, they're not going to listen to us, and they probably already have a plan in place, but how would you set the the college football playoff? Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present you something, and you tell me if I'm crazy. Here is what I would do. Okay. okay I, I would have an analytical formula based off wins and losses. I do not like a bunch of people in a room that all have agendas deciding who plays in a four, eight, 12, whatever the number is, team playoff. I don't like that. I don't like any part about that. I think there are too many agendas. How would you do it? So what I would do is I would have zero rankings. So everyone starts with a clean slate. So Alabama starts the same as Georgia Tech. Ball State. Yeah, not really Ball State, but yeah. But they start the same as like Georgia Tech, right? Who we saw is is not very good. But they start off the same, completely zero. After about half the season, I'd say week six, where you can really see how teams are developing, how they're playing, how they're – you know, if it's sloppy wins, it's still a win, but it's a sloppy win, so they're not looking that great. But you can see where teams stand. Then I would, as an AP poll, as coaches poll, blah, 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 I would rank them based on those rankings and the, you know, playoff committee. I don't agree <clears throat> necessarily with them sitting around and deciding who's who, but based on those rankings, like you said, analytics, 
will come into play at that point, then you'll have who you, who you need up there. Especially with 12 teams, it's not going to be difficult. I mean, it's 12 teams. And really, top four is all you need because other than those top four, the likelihood of it, this is not basketball. This is not March Madness. The likelihood of somebody coming in and taking out one of, you know, at least one of the top two is very, very, very slim. It is. Football, usually more than any other sport, the best team wins. And and you're right. Now, Greg Sankey would have said, had we asked him the question, oh, the 13th team is going to complain about not being in 12. That's fine. But if you can't secure yourself in a top 12, I mean, that to me is beyond arguable. A top two, yes. A, top, they're, they're, a third team could say, hey, man, we deserve a shot. Even a top four, a five team, there have been times where I thought you. there's a real argument between the four and five. Listen, if 12, if you can't get in the 12, that means you've got two or three losses. That's on you, right? Yeah. If you can't get in the 12, then you don't need to be in there. And let's be honest, if there's if there's 12 teams, we're going to see the the likelihood of, you know, four, at least four of those teams just getting completely destroyed. Yep. I mean, completely destroyed. And somebody put out 2012. If there was a 12-team playoff in 2012, do you know how many SEC teams are in that? Oh, wow. Um, I would say four. Almost is five. Almost half of the half of the 12 teams were SEC teams at the end of the year. So wow. if people want this, and I understand I hear the Cincinnati's of the world and the Boise States and the UCS and all those people, 12 teams, 12 teams, 12 teams. Okay, here you go. I mean, you're going to have SEC dominance, and I hate it for you, but you're going to have SEC dominance. That is exactly what's going to happen, Then everyone's going to get in their feels and be upset. No, you wrote a great column about that. So, you know, what if, I mean, I guess theoretically it could happen. I think the committee will do everything they, they can to make sure it doesn't happen when they see these teams. What if the final four teams were all SEC teams? Then it's going to happen. You think, oh, wow, you think all four? Wow. I think they'll see them where they have to play each other, but I think. At the end of the day, end of the season, we might see the four best team from the SEC. But if, if they just, want to get creative with seeding to make it pretty for the ACC and other conferences, that's fine. But it's a fine thing, right? So, yeah, I would, I, I certainly would tell you that I think that as, as far as getting in that top 12, having that sort of um, goal to shoot for is very doable. But if you're 13, that's just too bad. So, all right, Amanda. So the down and dirty at 30 brought to you this morning by Honeybee Coffee. We want to get to today's tough question. But first, I, I do want to mention the press conference yesterday as part of the down and dirty at 30. So Tim Banks, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, asked about um, the lack of sacks that, that Tennessee had against Ball State. And he didn't seem concerned whatsoever. He he said they had a lot. I basically a lot of tools in the toolbox. I can't remember the exact quote he used. It's on offtheexports.com. You can see the video there too, as well, and the video of all the players yesterday, as well as uh, my breakdown of what the ball has had to say. And um, 
Amanda, on the flip side, it was almost like when I'm watching that press conference yesterday, it's almost like Joey Housel, the quarterback coach, is getting sick of asking getting sick of being asked about how much better is Hindenburg. It was almost like, all right, he is a different dude. <laughs> you know, it was you could tell it in his voice. But I I think that's I, I think that's a, just a commodity that they believe is secure, barring some sort of injury or unforeseen thing. I don't think they have any questions about what Hendon Hooker could do. And he also illustrated that by saying Hooker takes them out of bad plays all the time. And that's something that he wasn't doing last year. No, it, it wasn't. And he probably does get tired of being asked that question over and over and over. But he has to understand every coach gets asked those stupid questions over and over and over. And I think what media members are really trying to do when they ask that is that they know they're not dumb. They know, but they want to hear the coach say it so that it's something that they can write about, something that they can talk about, something that gets UT fans excited for the season, you know, excited that Hendon Hooker may be the next best thing since Peyton Manning or something. I mean, they that's what they want. They want to drive their their readers or listeners or, you know, audience to come back more and more and more. And the more you hype up a team, the more likely it is that your audience is coming back to you. Well, yeah. And if you write about, if you write about Hendon Hooker, is it going to get more clicks than Tyler Barron? Absolutely it is. And I can tell you that in the doldrums of November, that there were times it's like, you know, it's a lot easier just to write about the quarterback. And (laughs) I'm not going to say that I've never done that. I do think there could be, um, uh, some changes made to the way the press conferences are held that you could get some some better answers and better questions. Obviously, it's so tight now. I don't know if you ever listen to the press conferences, and it's why that it's it's not the forefront of something we do. I, I constantly hear two questions. That means that first of all, that's the worst way to answer to ask a question because somebody has to think about it. But second, that means you're rushing the media and trying to get them through and trying to get the coach out of there. And what you get out of that is I prefer Jacob on Sundays. I mean, honestly, yes, that, but there should just be, maybe, maybe they should go virtual with this thing. You know, maybe they just have the media in a, in a, a space or a chat or whatever with access. They're the only ones with access to the keyboard so they can ask questions, basically. They're the only ones that have the ability to do that. Fans can watch, but media members can send in their questions, and then they answer that way. That way the coaches can choose the questions they want to answer. I, uh, t- uh, t- it's not a bad idea, actually, the more I think about it. Um, top 20, and you two questions, dash. Um, but I, uh, yeah, as far as the rankings, I'll just leave it at this. We're going to know a lot more at the end of September. I like the rankings coming out because it's good content to be real honest with you, but is it, does it affect who's going to be selected in the college football playoff? No. No. (laughs) I mean, did anybody have Cincinnati in their top four this time last year? 
I don't think so. I mean, we can look that up, but I don't think so. I would guarantee you that nobody had them had them in there. All right, it is time for today's tough questions. Brought to you, brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. City Heating and Air Conditioning is all about integrity. There are a lot of the trucks driving around, but City Heating and Air Conditioning wants you to know they've been in business for 50 years. That's five zero. So when it comes to integrity, they built that and they built your trust. It is today's tough question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Where did we end up yesterday? We had a great question yesterday. Where did we end up on that? I have to look because I've already got the question up and ready to go for today. Well, I can tell you. We said, we said, where did Boutte from LSU end up? Yes, that is what we said. He just dominated the balls. Are I'm just taking all comfort now. Maybe the next Brew McCoy. I mean, it's working out so far with the Brew McCoy situation, and I know we we see that if they don't fit, out they go. I mean, Lynn J. Dixon, five in like 18 days. So it's. I mean, I think it's worth. For Tennessee, it's worth to take a shot at him. You and I probably belabor the point because we agree on this completely. You're getting paid now. You have the right to transfer. They have the right. They have I the right to you. Career. Yeah, you're. You are now a. You are now a. We're a lot of jazz music right now, Dave. You are a. You are now a paid athlete. Like you are now. You are now able to be cut. It's funk. It's not jazzy. Oh, whatever it was. (laughs) All right. So everybody wants to tell you from LSU. Not everybody, (laughs) but a lot of people. Most people want him to come to Tennessee. We don't have any reason to believe that's the case. But like the preseason polls, it was a fun thing to talk about yesterday. So Amanda... Don't make me giggle. Uh, today's tough question. Sorry. What, wait, it's okay. Uh, today's tough question. What are we doing with it today? Oh, okay. So let's go back to yesterday. Sorry, real quick. Because I looked it up just because. So <clears throat> 92% say that Tennessee would be the best fit for Boutte. 90- and I think that might be like 20% just because they want to wear the word Boutte on the back of their <laughs> shirt. I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to draw any more attention to this. Oh, sweet goodness. You've worn a hooker shirt. It doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah, but not on my backside. What if the hooker's not on the backside? That's the the side. You know what I mean? Well, just uh, think about this because we were able to get the hooker shirts printed up because my last name's Hooker and it's no trademark infringement. If we legally changed your name and he came to Tennessee, we legally change your name to Boutte, then we could do a Boutte shirt with an arrow pointed down for the ladies. You don't need the arrow to point down on my <laughs> back end. I've always had a big one, so you don't need the arrow. People would get it. I'm going to stay out of trouble here. Viles Automotive Group is your home for car shopping in Knoxville, and it's 
just uh, simply awesome. It's about integrity at Biles Automotive Group on Callahan. They've got the service. They have they have it all. They have a great selection, and they're about integrity too. I say that about uh, a lot of our sponsors, and it's because it's true. Amanda and I went into this project saying we only want to work with people that we do business with, and that's exactly what we do. So if you hear me or Amanda give an endorsement of one of our sponsors, I can go ahead and tell you, you will have great, great service. Uh, so what are we going with today, Amanda? So today it's how many SEC teams do you think will make it into a 12-team playoff? Ooh, I love it. So I don't know if I should say like on average or I don't know. what. Just I'm just going to uh, leave it at that. I would just say one, two, three, or four. No. Everybody knows a 12-team playoff. There's not going to be one SEC team out there. All right. Two, three, four, five. No, at least three. Oh, so you're starting with three? Yes. There's not. There's no way there's going to be less than three SEC teams in a 12-team playoff. You're probably right. Um. All right, so how do you three it? or less? You're way better. How about that? Three or less? Three or less. And then we'll do four. We'll do five. And we'll do six or more. Oh my gosh, that would be a lot. Uh, we, we'll, we'll see if we get up to that many, but that would be a, a, certainly a tremendous amount. Um, so, uh, and Spencer asking us, is it true Pitt only gave us 500 P seats in those nosebleed and UT turned them down? We gave them 2,200 last year in the lower section. How classless. It's a little more complicated than that, Spencer. We did go through it last night when Amanda pulled up a picture of the stadium. So, like 500 at, at Brickshire or whatever it's called, it used to be Heinz Field, is not like it's terrible because it only seats 68,000. So, yeah. um, it, now and there's no no bleeds. There are no bleeds. There's no nosebleeds at the stadium. Like there's not. You don't. There's two levels, so it's not like it's. You know, it's not like in Neyland. There's not one, two, three, and you can't see anything. It's there's only two levels to this, and that's most NFL. You know, stadiums are like that because they want the ticket prices are so high. They want everybody in the stadium to have a good view and experience to be there so it's not like college stadiums where the more people we pack in the place the better off we are it's nfl they give a little bit more you know precedent to the fan experience true and sometimes like the 300 level is on the same level as the 200 level but it basically means that you you get an open bar um and you get a different area so it's a different section. It definitely sounds worse. As far as the 500 tickets, I mean, that has to be negotiated on the front end. Um, and I know they Tennessee wanted to take the band. And I'll be real frank with you. Um, if you can't find a ticket to that game, um, if you're not willing to spend a little bit more money, and I understand, but still, we're talking about Pitt. We're not talking about... Uh, the Iron Bowl, where the tickets are incredibly hard to come by, or the SEC Championship. I mean, that's a doable game. It's it's 
football outside of the South is, is doable from a financial standpoint. Two minutes, Mr. Biles, and then we are back with more breakdown of the top 25 and a little bit. Uh, how about Keith Schuler, former ball before the end of the program? We'll be right back in two minutes. Biles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supplies, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed, we have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. I didn't even have a chance to down and dirty at 30 to talk about the funniest moment in the SEC yesterday, and it didn't surface until last night, at least when I saw it. So, um, it, Brian Kelly, apparently some of the media was late wondering in. That's how we do. We wear nice clothes. We just kind of show up. Um, but he said, oh, it must have been a long weekend there. Uh, you didn't show up. And one of the reporters said, oh, we'll show up faster if you'll win. Oh that was terrible. Oh, that was... He's not getting he's not getting any kind of exclusive anything. I don't care how bad your hangover is, man. Like I, I think it was a she, but I just I thought that it was so incredibly yeah. unprofessional. Um it was just like, and it may have just slipped out and I get that. A guy that will call out Tennessee coaches left and right. And I he is absolutely so explosive and volatile i'm almost afraid to have him on the program as eric kane and walked on balls i mean he i don't know what he's gonna say i, I mean it i don't know where it's gonna go but uh I'm, I'm glad he's on the program now eric how are you sir that that sounds just like me but uh no nah, i'm doing well i'm happy to be here <laughs> hey tell us about what's going on uh, with locked on balls first of all you're doing a great job with that. And I know the switch over from BallQuest uh, on three, major kudos. Pass this along, too, to Brent Hubs and, um, and, and all the guys. Absolutely love what you guys are doing. But uh, as you focus on locked on balls and, and on three, uh, you're, you're a busy dude. 
Yeah, uh, football season's always busy. Uh, now with the move over to on three and I got a whole lot going on. It's been so much fun with that transition. Super excited to be there. And of course, inviting all Tennessee fans to join us over there. If you want to come and hang out, incredible deals. But working with Brent Hubbs, awesome prize, Rob Lewis. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. So uh, that's been going well. Locked on balls, the podcast, man. It's it's my baby, man. I As you very well know, like I I love it. It's, uh, it, it's so much fun. It's a platform and it's a community continues to grow and uh just talking tennessee football every single day so things are good i'm glad football's back yeah i am too and let me let me just start with the most loaded question in the history of man are you ready what's up okay where would you rank tennessee in the top 25 after what you saw over the weekend i, th- I think it's about right about 23 24 somewhere around there i put them in i mean they were I understand if you're not inside the top 25 and you're receiving votes, especially in preseason, like it just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's not a true ranking beyond 25. It's why you kind of saw Florida jump all the way from like 38 or 39 to 12. Um, And I mean, that was a huge win for Florida, but I still thought that was a huge leap for Florida. But still, um, I I would put about 23, 24. You knew Tennessee would slide in with a win against Ball State simply because Arkansas and Cincinnati were playing and, and the loser of that game would fall out. So I wouldn't have went much higher. Now, you win against Pittsburgh this week. You're probably going to jump inside the top 20, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I think 23, 24, 24 where they're at, uh, that's that's probably just about perfect. And um, I know Tim Banks was asked, the defensive coordinator, about the lack of sacks. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you played ball in college, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Carson okay. Newman. All right, so I saw a lot of stunts and, and, and twists, and I, I think that – I think Tim Banks was trying to do two things. One, he was trying to give Pittsburgh a lot of looks. But two, he also wasn't going to run his guys out there consistently and and and, and try to show more than he had to. So you can just kind of talk about that from the trenches standpoint of is it bad that Tennessee didn't have a sack or is it just okay or your thoughts? Well, first of all, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, it's Ball State. You want to have some TFLs. You want to get home and, and bring the quarterback down. So the fact that it didn't happen uh, is, is not great. I mean, their game plan was to get the ball out quickly. I understand that. That's football sometimes, right? And Tyler Barron was speaking on it earlier this week about how you just continue to rep, 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 and then you get back there and the ball's gone, and it can be frustrating at the times. But um, you still need to find a way to get home. Now, you know, they, they were not – completely bland i think their game plan on defense was very vanilla i've said that all week now that does not mean they didn't do anything they did some things up front not a whole lot they didn't blitz a whole lot from the second level though they did a little bit early in the football game and a little bit later on i think you're going to see a whole lot more this week against pittsburgh um simply put i just think that you didn't have to do that uh, against ball state and and not necessarily uh, that you wanted to keep it off film but i mean i think that's a plus as well um, so I, I think the main goal for Tim Banks and, and Tennessee's defense was to win the football game, play a whole lot of guys, get a look at a whole lot of guys like Elijah Herring, Joshua Josephs, um, some of these cornerbacks, Christian Charles, and that was mission accomplished. So I expect Tennessee to be very much more aggressive defensively in the games up front, even though they did some things, but I think they'll do a whole lot more this coming up uh, this game in Pittsburgh. So – uh, going, let's go to the other side of the ball offensively here. How do you think Tennessee is going to fare against uh, a defense like Pitt? What do you think the game plan will look like for that? Um, and who do you think really stands out in this game? 
Yeah, Tennessee offensively against Pittsburgh's defense. You know, Pat Narduzzi is going to dial it up. He's a great defensive coach, a really good front seven uh, instructor. So uh, these these running backs, uh, they were not challenged whatsoever. Jabari Small said, hey, we didn't get a pass pro set at all against Ball State. They're going to get that this week. And so, you know, linebacker screaming off the edge, a, a defensive tackle, and Elijah uh, Cansey, I believe is his name, a defensive tackle, really nice impact player, you know, streaming through the A-gap. These running backs are going to have to step up and protect their quarterback, and so I'm intrigued to see what that looks like. Um, so whether you keep a tight end for a six- or seven-man protection, the running back stepping up, uh, I, I think that's going to be a point of emphasis for you know protecting Hendon Hooker to get some looks downfield. Ball State dropped eight on third downs, but Tennessee couldn't throw the ball downfield on Thursday, and it was fine. You were just nickel and diamond the entire time down the field, and that was that was okay. Now, Pat Narduzzi, when he joined the nation, uh, Vault Network's nation on Sunday night, he was talking about the tempo with Tennessee. Obviously, he's played against Josh Heupel now. This will be the fourth time dating back to his days at, at UCF. And um, he's very familiar with the tempo, saying that Tennessee gets the ball out in game one under 14 seconds, 71% of the time. And so that tempo is going to be Tennessee's best friend, obviously. And you can't prepare for a tempo. So I'm intrigued to see the running backs and pass protection and intrigued to see what Tennessee's tempo looks like because I think Pittsburgh's defense, which didn't have the best day, uh, is is not going to be ready for that te- for that tempo again. You said can't prepare for tempo. And I had a gentleman come up to me just the other day and say something I thought was really insightful and something that I've actually thought, that it was like the veer back in the day. You mm-hmm. couldn't prepare for that the week before. So, you, I mean, you played ball, so – uh, no offense bomb, but on the flip side, I mean, that's really tough to prepare for in a week. I would imagine tempo is kind of like, I think it is, the modern-day version of that to overcome maybe some shortcomings on your roster. Yeah, and so essentially when you're playing scout team, you know, when, when, when you're in practice and you break off in the team, the offense is going over there, you know, in team preparing for the opponent's defense. The defense is over here preparing for the opponent's offense. The scout team is looking at plays on a, on, a, on a card. You're going out there and running that play and coming back. I mean, you can't physically replicate what Tennessee does via a scout team look in practice. Like, it's impossible. Sure, you can coach them up to go fast. You can do as much as you can. But there's no way possible, that unless you get your entire scout team to memorize the plays, it's almost like game planning for practice every single day. Uh, that's just It's just impossible. That's what I mean by that. And so... It, you know, I mean, even Georgia, it took Georgia a quarter to figure that out last year against Tennessee. Now, Georgia was eventual national champions. They figured it out and, and, and kind of went from there. Alabama struggled with the tempo at, at parts throughout the entire ball game last season. The good teams will adjust. And so, you know, we'll see how long it takes Pittsburgh to adjust. But that's what I mean by the tempo. And, um, of course, it's it, a lot of people can say it's a kind of a gimmicky offense or whatever with Josh Heupel. I mean, Tennessee broke eight school records on offense a season ago. I think he'll, I, I think he'll take that every single year if he can continue to to score points and win football games. Yeah, it's only gimmicky until it it works, and then it's just called successful. Yeah. So, so question for you: What individual player do you see an individual player that that you're expecting to stand out in this game? Like somebody, you know, who to watch during the game if it's a if it's a wide receiver, if it's a running back, if it's a defensive back, who are your, who do your eyes go to in this game? Well, obviously you want to see your playmakers make some big time plays. Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy out there on the perimeter. Um, you want to see Jabari Small run the ball well. Pat Narduzzi was not happy, not happy with the way his defense you know, played against the run. West Virginia averaging almost six yards a carry in the backyard mm-hmm. brawl. 
So I, I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking, I'm looking at Jabari Small on on offense because as much as everybody thinks Tennessee throws the football and and it does, Tennessee's offense starts with the run game and Josh Hype will be there first to tell you that. So Jabari Small on offense and then defensively, I just think this is a Jeremy Banks game. You know, sitting right there in the middle, um, you know, playing linebacker. He is very much a run-stopping type guy. He didn't play the best game, you know, in terms of grades you know, per pro football focus. I know that's not everything, uh, but he never will in that regard. But, like, you know, you, you get a team that's going to run the ball right at you. I think this could be a Jeremy Banks game. Again, Pittsburgh attempted 38 rushes the other night, averaged two yards per carry, which is which is not good. So uh, Jeremy Banks with, the, with, with, with stopping the run. And then Tennessee's defense needs to be ready for play-action pass because Keaton Slovis will make it a point to go run, run, play-action pass, throw over the top. Tennessee's safeties need to get back and get their eyes on the right spot as well. So Banks, McCullough, and then, and then uh, Jabari Small on offense. Well, let me ask you, <clears throat> as far as preparation, again, you played on the offensive side, but uh, as, as, as far as preparation – for this this Tennessee offense, um, I'm, I'm just curious. Do you think that they'll drop eight, um, like we saw Ball State do? Do you think they'll bring pressure, or do you think they'll rely on the front four uh, to essentially do the pressure? Because it, it's a much better defense line, needless to say. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going to dial it up and bring pressure. I think at times they can try to rely on their front four. They've got a defensive end by the name of Baldonado, um, an Italian that had nine sacks a season ago. I mentioned. The defensive tackle, Cansey, I think he had seven or eight sacks a season ago. Uh, John Morgan the third, another defensive end, um, had a sack there, had two sacks the other night. So they've got a pretty decent and experienced front four. I think they can rely on at times. But also I think that they're going to bring some pressure from the second level and try to really mix some things up. Uh, they got a linebacker by the name of Dennis that had 90 tackles uh, last year, led him with 10 tackles uh, last week against West Virginia. So I, I think that you're going to see a whole lot more of that. I, I don't think you're going to see much drop eight and say, all right, just throw it in front of us and, and we'll see if we can go tackle you. Um, I, I truly do believe that it's going to be more of a, you know, the normal man in the back end, you know, mixing in some some zones in two to three, but really trying to get after Tennessee's offensive line, making it difficult for Hendon Hooker to beat them uh, to beat them with his arm. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Don't forget Eric Kane on Locked On Balls. I know Amanda has another one for you, I believe. But I just wanted to, uh, real quick, from your X's and O's standpoint, the fact that you did play, how different is this offense? And we just saw West the West Virginia game. But how different is this offense this year as opposed to what Tennessee saw against Pitt with a Blitnikoff award winner and a, a first-round pick in the NFL draft quarterback? Yeah, I mean it's uh it's a little different. I mean Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, first round quarterback, had a lot of Heisman hype a season ago. Really good quarterback, Jordan Addison, Blitnikoff Award winner. Now he's at Southern Cal and made the most of his game one over there. Um, so I would say it's less explosive. You know they've got a receiver, a big time receiver in Jared Wayne. They've got a, a Mumpfield's another receiver that's experienced, a former Tennessee receiver that was here all the way back in 2019. I want to say Gerard Means. He he plays a he plays a role in there as well. They've got a a tight end by the name of Bartholomew. Tennessee's got a couple of those here. So they are going to go back to what Pitt traditionally is offensively under Narduzzi and running the football less pass-happy. Um, Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, is no longer there. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. So having said all of that, you know Keaton Slovis is a guy that is not a bad quarterback, had a great first three years at Southern Cal, had a great first game, even though he only had 16 pass attempts against West Virginia. 
Um, I'm going to see more running of the football, more play action, less spreading it out, less running around with Kenny Pickett, trying to make some plays offensively and, and more of a, uh, this is going to be more of a, a, a football team that has a defensive coordinator as a head coach, much like Jeremy Pruitt was here at Tennessee. So that's kind of the difference, I think, offensively and from Pitt last year to, to Pitt this year. All right, last thing. Uh, score prediction? What are, you, what are you seeing here? Oh, man. I have not given my official score prediction just yet. Uh, I, I, I think Tennessee will win this game. You know, I, I think Tennessee can get over 30. I'll say about Tennessee 34, Pittsburgh 21 or 24. I think Tennessee can win this game. I think it'll be, you know, by a touchdown or 10 points or so. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout uh, one way or the other, but I, I do like Tennessee on the road. I've liked Tennessee all offseason in this matchup, and uh, nothing's changed since uh, since both these teams played on Thursday. I want to get to East uh, I got one, one last question for you, and it's from John. Why don't they blitz Burrell so we don't have to worry about his coverage? <laughs> oh, that's brutal. What was that, John? Uh, oh, man. I'll say this. I'm a, I'm a big PFF guy. I like to look at the stats. And according to PFF Pro Football Focus, Warren Burrell was targeted a team high 11 times um, in the game against Ball State. The next highest, I think, was Kamal Haddon maybe with five, Christian Charles with four. So – you know, Pittsburgh, Ball State, they've all watched the film. They're going to go and pick on Warren Burrell each and every time. In those 11 targets, Burrell gave up six receptions for, I think, 41 yards. So he plays consistent. There's a reason he's out there. But until he proves he is not the weak link, then teams are going to continue to pick on him. So we'll see how he responds. Obviously, uh, I think Tim Banks is pleased with him, saying his day was uneventful, which I guess is a good thing. It's not necessarily a great thing, but uh, uneventful is better than horrible. Uh, against Ball State for, for Warren Burrell. Tell you what, Eric, uh, I've, I've been a fan from afar for a while. Keep up the great work and, uh, again, locked on balls. I know some some guy started that. And I think he flamed out. I don't know what's happening with that Josh Ward guy. <laughs> but uh, you're also uh, throwing heat with uh, on three and ball quest. So keep it up, man. Uh, really enjoy this stuff. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, and uh, I love love the content you're putting out there and ha- would love to join again. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Eric Kane, Locked On Balls, and On 3, a ball quest. That's about where I am is 34 to 21. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't even see, honestly, Pitt scoring more than, like, 17. That's just that's just my opinion, and, of course, as we've seen, I'm not very good. <laughs> so. Of course, um, I – if you went you went oh four and one, I would have gone oh and five. Yeah, with I I don't think this game's gonna be very much in question. And people could say, Oh, you're just saying that because that's what Tennessee fans want to hear. I don't. I I actually think that when we talk about rankings and preseason hype and all that, he didn't get Slovis, the quarterback at Pitt didn't get a lot of preseason hype per se, but I think he gets exposed a, a, a little bit, and I, I think he's limited. I think there's a reason he left uh, Southern Cal, and I think that ultimately Tennessee is much better at quarterback, much better at the skill position. And up front, I would say that Pitt is better, but I wouldn't say much better on the offensive and defensive line. So usually I'm a trenches guy, but this is the new day and age of college football. So I'm I'm going to go with the quarterback and the skill positions if the trenches are somewhat close, 
and I think they're somewhat close. We'll get to all those predictions. Uh, we've got a, a lot to get to. I mean, it's just Wednesday, for goodness sake. Where where are you leaning? Where am I leaning for what? The game, Pitt? Oh, I, I said Tennessee will, will dominate. Pitt won't score more than 17, I don't think. All right, here is uh, Heath Schuler. Uh, had a chance to visit with him, and it was super cool because Navy made it in the game as, I guess, the fourth quarterback. But I found it really interesting. You know, you talk about a, a guy that wants to compete. I mean, Heath Schuler, even with Nico coming in and all that, I mean, you'll hear during this that you know, he, he wants Navy and Navy wants to compete. They're realistic. They know that they're more talented guys on the roster. But he definitely wants Navy to have the mindset of think about competing for the job, which I thought was – I think it tells you a lot about their mentality. Um, I, I don't know that Navy's ever going to compete for the job, but it d- does tell you an awful lot about their mentality. Zul Beer Company will bring you this interview with Heath Schuler. Zul Beer Company is the official beer of – off the hook sports and they've got the great panoramic views downtown and they've got worldwide award-winning beers i actually worked on that on the drive uh to the studio this morning so uh, worldwide award-winning beers i've gotten better at it and here's heath Schuler, former ball talking about navy getting in the game against boston uh, uh heath, heath, heath what, what did you feel, feel like? like uh you know you know you never think you know when you raise your kids and then you know i'll we took, you know, Navy over to Tennessee, like his seventh birthday. And he had some friends and he got to run through the act like he was running through T on the, on the, and Neyland stadium was kind of a cool thing. And you just never realized that you would have your son grow up, wear your Jersey number and run through the T be a part of the Tennessee family. And then, also get a chance to play. So, I mean, it was, it was emotional. The whole day was emotional for Nicole and I, as we kind of watched him do the ball walk and then, you know, go do the warm ups, And, you know, it was just a dream come true for him, but also as parents, you're just so proud that you get to watch your son capture a dream. Are, are you, are you sitting there hoping he, he gets in the game or, or, or are you kind of like, we got a whole season to go. We'll see how things play out. But when he got one sided, there was certainly that possibility. Well, there was, and, and it was kind of funny. Nicole and I were just sitting there. She goes, you think he'll go in? I said, ah, you know, probably not. I mean, it's early. You know, he's just got there. You know, it's not like he's he's been, you know, and then all of a sudden I saw I saw him stand on the sidelines. I saw him run to grab his helmet, and I'm like, okay, that's always the first sign as a quarterback. You grab your helmet, and you start warming up, and I think he had about two throws in before uh, Heupel just kind of grabbed him and said, all right, you're in, you know sling it you know so i think the uh the, the snap that kind of went faster however it went and he went and chased it down that um i think that was a pass play so it was really cool to see that the the, the head coach is saying hey i don't mind throwing at any point in time you're in there you're going to learn we're not going to you know just uh uh let you just hand the ball off so that was a pretty great to see and realize they got confidence in him heath you were such a a legend and I want to encourage people to hit that subscribe button and like so they can hear more of this. I love talking to former Tennessee players. But you, you were such a legend and then a first-round pick. And I just wonder, was there any hesitation from the Schuler family perspective about maybe kind of following in your footsteps? Because you, you set a pretty high mark. 
you know, I mean, Navy and I had that conversation and, you know, we had it as a family and those, what does that mean? And, you know, it's like Navy said, he said, dad, look, he said, every time, the first time I ever played, they said, are you going to be like your father? And so he said, I've kind of dealt with that my whole life. He said, he said that I don't look at it as like, I'm trying to compete with you. I'm trying to be the best player that I can possibly be and take the God given talent that that's been handed to me and to be able to, you know, you know, give my team the best opportunity to, you know, get a chance to play and be successful. And he's, you know, he, he kind of looks at, he's, he's proud of what I accomplished. And he says, you know, I'm just hoping that someday I get a chance to, you know, fulfill his dreams as well. And, you know, one of those were, was accomplished there on uh, Thursday night. So you guys meet up after what was the first thing you guys said to each other. Ah, you know, I mean, I just hugged him and said, uh, you know, how proud I was. I said, unbelievable. You got to go in the game and play. And he was just like, daddy, I just can't describe it. He was so much. It was so awesome running onto the field. And, you know, I mean, you could hear when they hear heard he, you know, when they said, you know, Navy Shuler entering that quarterback, you could hear the fans. And that was that was cool to be able to know that, the you know, the fans that were still there, that they were they were cheering him on. And, you know, the great part about Navy, I mean, you know, he loves the game. And uh, he's such a great kid, though. I mean, just, you know, kid, adult. Uh, you know, he's, he's just – he conducts himself in the right way. You know, the coaches will tell you, you know, he works extremely hard. He does everything at their ask. He's got great grades. So all the things that you ask for from a teammate and, and player, and, you know, I think his teammates like him. I, I watch him on the sidelines. He has great conversation with them. So, you know, it's all of those things. At the end of the day, I mean – Hopefully, you know, he'll continue to compete and do the right things. And if he gets his shot one day, then that's great. Uh, you know, but the most important thing, he's getting a great education from a great university. And he's around some incredible coaches and, and players that, uh, you know, it's going to pay off in, in, in having those relationships in years to come. You just said something that is incredibly forgotten nowadays. Because we talk so much about NIL and transfer and all this stuff. But yes, there is still an education. I, I think the kids deserve some of the money. I got zero problem with that. But um, I, there is still an education out there that helped you become a congressman. Yes, so okay. I, I mean, I think some of that, I don't know how we undervalue that as a society, but we kind of do. But Navy gets that. Well, he does. And not only that, you know, he graduated high school in three and a half years. And so wow. then he, so he went to school, college early. And then he's gone through summer school. So, I mean, he is now halfway through his, his second semester of his junior year. So, I mean, he has four years of eligibility, three after this year. And so, um, you know, he has a long, and so he realizes that I know I'm going to get my master's degree. And I, you know, and then after that, you know, will I work on my doctorate? Will I get my doctorate? I mean, so you kind of, you work through those things. And he's thinking about that in the back of his mind. And then just out of the blue, this summer, he said, hey, dad. I'm going to get my uh, real estate license. He said, you know, we can start making money in IL. I can have a, a job or opportunities and stuff during the summer. So uh, he started it in late summer. And so he'll try to finish that up, you know, maybe this fall uh, to get his real estate license. And, you know, because that's kind of been the theme for our family. You know, real estate's always been important to us. And, you know, the, a lot of the things that we still do today. So, he, you know, at some point, you know, I'm sure he and I will will team up and 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 work together. And you know, working with your son is always incredible. And so, um, those are relationships that he's building both in the classroom and on the field and with the fans um, are important uh, later in life. What do you think of this offense? 
If I were a quarterback like you, with your ability, I would be like, whoa. I give me give me one season at 21 years old. One one season. Yeah. Well, first of all, it was almost like, you know, I'll look at that. You know, David Cook tried to create that in in, a, in portions of it, you know, because, you know, there was a, the aspect of the run pass when we got inside the red zone. You know, we ran the option. And in, in part of David's philosophy was, Cuckle's philosophy was, you know, get rid of the ball. Don't worry about getting a sack. Don't take sacks. Don't, you know, let's not put ourselves in very difficult situations, a second and long or third and long. So, I mean, let's get the ball out. So it's kind of that fast break. So it kind of has a little flair of that. And you add on top of it what what uh, Coach Heupel is, and his staff has been able to bring And Coach Hobble bringing his staff. Keeps going away. Two minutes, we'll be right back. Guys. What? I think what just happened? I don't know. Uh, but okay. I don't know. I don't issues at all, um, ever. Like a tree falling on the house when Ben Joyce is gone. But anyway, that, that still will be the one that we talk about like 10 years from now. Uh, the tree fortunately fell on the house and knocked out the Wi-Fi and power right after we said bye to Ben Joyce. It was literally 30 seconds. If that's not, I call them God shots. They're like shots of the bar. If God's telling you, hey, I'm looking out for you. That was a God shot. He was looking out for us that day. <laughs> it fell right after we said bye, Ben. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you. Another day. Hey guys on the uh, but and, and guys on the chat. Hey, I don't know if you checked out the YouTube channel, and I hope you're subscribed. But we had somebody asking about it's a struggle to find Tennessee content because I live in North Carolina, and uh, Crazy Nugs is out there, Glenn is out there. Guys, there's stuff that goes up on the YouTube channel daily. John Adams is going to be up this afternoon, and you know we play some, we play clips during the show, which we love to do and bring that to you because. Uh, we bring the heat at 8.30 every morning, but there's a lot of stuff on that YouTube channel. So I would just encourage you to click that subscribe button. Please turn your notifications on. Every Sunday, we're going to have Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren and exclusive interviews that are going to roll out there. That's Sunday. And the website. Yeah. Don't forget and, the website. <laughs> that's important. Uh, and uh, on it's it's all there. So... <laughs> I want to encourage you to to check that out. Now, Crazy says, I've watched most of y'all's stuff, and the analytics would indicate so. Thank you very much. We do appreciate that. Two minutes back with this day in sports history. And also, I don't know. We might do a little message board bingo. I might dominate right after this. She's Amanda LaFrada. Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. 
At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Got exciting news here in the next couple of days. Uh, if you like to listen to the program, we're going to have a very easy way for you to do it moving forward, and we certainly appreciate uh, your support. Uh, I had another milestone on the website yesterday, which we're incredibly proud of. The response has been phenomenal, and we thank you and certainly our um, our advertisers, and sponsors, and our partners. Thank you as much as anything else. The, Amanda, we talked about meaningless lists. I'm about to give you one that may be even more meaningless, but I think it's fun to talk about. Uh, first, Glenn saying, Amanda and Dave always have a great show. So does Eric Payne. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm catching a lot of slack everywhere. So okay. it's fine. All right. So I do want to talk about this for a second. Uh, Amanda has caught some heat. And um, I just want to go on record as saying that I, I, I think that uh, he's going absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, I don't think you should be throwing shade. Is that what the kids say, throwing shade? You're still a kid. You're a young one. I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore. But I think that's correct. I just have someone said, Amanda has RBF and I said yes that is exactly what I have. I'm not angry, I'm not upset. <laughs> I just this is just my face. Like yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just my face. <laughs> You're beautiful. And if you Thanks. if anybody needs to look up that acronym because we don't like to say it, you can you can look it up. And then I, well I'm taken aback by maybe you're taken aback by the comments on your face. I'm taken aback by the James Woods thing. At first like the first week we started, somebody said you look like James Woods. Can we pull up a picture of James Woods? And at first I was like, that seems really out in the left field that I would look like James Woods. But now the more I think about it, the more I think it's a compliment. And I'm right. I'm all down with it. So I, I appreciate Is that a young James Woods? Well, you know, <laughs> that was assumed on my behalf. I did Sorry. not yeah, I did not want to. A younger. Gracious, I don't want to look like a. I think he's like sixty. 
65 years old. I'm closer than you, I think. Big Orange Phillies is closer than you think. If you live in North Knoxville, Big Orange Phillies in beautiful halls. Maynard built Pike. They've got billiards. They've got darts. They've got everything you need there. Big Orange Phillies have a fantastic time. And you'll be able to watch ball with the best of them. And have uh, just a really awesome time. The wings are fantastic. Big Orange Phillies. Again, Big Orange Phillies. Family friendly. And that means a lot. So did you pull up? Do I look you like? Said. Yes, do I look like James? I don't see that. Do I look like that? I think you look handsome. If I look like that, I'm down. Oh, sorry. I disconnected for a moment. Do you think I look? I don't think I I'm look. I'm kidding. Like I didn't disconnect. I'm oh. just staying out of it. Probably. I'm just staying out of it. I yeah. bet. Yep. 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 Let's just be honest. I'm not that good looking. I'm going to admit it. Perfect face. Okay. I just, it's not. Perfect face for radio. All right. So, James Woods, very underrated actor, by the way. And I never understood Family Guy's obsession with him. Uh, Daniel said, sounds like a great tough question. Today's tough question tomorrow. Does Dave Booker look like James Woods? We already did a today's tough question surrounding your looks. That's and I don't want to go over there again. Where are we at today's tough question today brought to you by our... Uh, friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden, Man Alive, and Support the Drive. Where are we? At? So today's tough question. How many SEC teams do you think will make it into a 12-team playoff? And so I did, I changed it a little bit, two or less, three, four, five or more. And so what's winning right now is three with 56.3%. Okay. Four is next. But keep in mind, in 2012, there would have been five. Yep. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, making the playoff, I do think they'll try to stagger them in some shape, form, or fashion where they play each other and you don't have three teams from the SEC in the final. Really? I think they'll try. I don't think they will. I, don't think they will. I think they'll try to get teams <laughs> playing each other as they can. Yeah. I can't imagine. Well, there's going to be travel concerns too because the first round is going to be on home sides. By the way, Crazy said, uh, Crazy Nug said, the RBF is one of the things I like about Amanda. Thank you. Yeah. I am not approachable whatsoever in public, apparently. I'm always confused about how nice I am in public because, and not from the show, but in past jobs where I've bartended, apparently I just look like, don't talk to me. And then the girls that I, you know, that were servers or whatever was like, I was terrified of you for three months. And I was like, why? They're like, you just don't look nice. I'm like, thanks. Thank it, you. It's called, uh, you got GSD, getting stuff done. You've got, you've got intent, you've got purpose. It's everything you do. Um, So this is a very interesting list to me. And it's even more meaningless than the AP Top 25. But it's very subjective, so I want to take a look at it. And this list comes from On3. This is a power ranking of the SEC team so i want to get that and 
but first hit that like and subscribe button so that you can be a part of our content each and every day. We're live at 8.30, but much more on the YouTube channel. Go to offthehooksports.com. But like, subscribe, please set the notifications on. Amanda, there's no question. Vanderbilt is the 14th best team in the SEC, so I'm going to count them down. This according to on three. Auburn at 13. So you just stop me. I'm going to run through these. You stop me when you have an objection, okay? Okay. LSU 12, I have an objection. Uh, stop, yeah. 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 They're, they're not the 12th best team. They blew it and they lost, and I think they still have chemistry issues, obviously, while one of the best players in the transfer after. They're not the 12th. I think it depends on how they do going forward. I mean, is this, you know, did they just blow this and then that's it? Or do I think they're going to come back and, and actually be able to do something more this season, not just fold to everybody else, because that's pretty much what you're saying, is that LSU is going to beat Auburn, and that's it. And they're going to fold everywhere else. Uh, South Carolina in at 11 as the 11th best team in, nope. in the SEC. What do you think about that? I think that that is BS. I do not think they're the 11th best team. I think they are better than nine at least nine and ten, at least nine and ten. So I would put or at least ten, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten. There we go. Sorry, I would put them at eight. I wouldn't put them at eleven. I think they would be better than the city state, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Um, so you had South Carolina at eleven, Missouri at ten, Ole Miss that I know you're pretty down on at nine. What do you think of them? I think that they should be at least 10 because I would move South Carolina above them. So I think that they should be at least 10. Okay. Mississippi State in an eight. Again, stop me when you have an objection. Uh, I mean, again. Strong, yeah, a strong objection to moving forward. Kentucky at seventh. Tennessee at sixth. Arkansas. Objection. Okay. So Kentucky – what? Yes, counselor. Okay. Kentucky. Think, all those legal dramas that my wife makes me watch about murdering their husband. It's kind of scary at night, but anyway. She snaps. I'm not going to be surprised. So Kentucky at seven is, mm, let me see. Let's go back. Okay. Well, in order to object, I have to remove people from above them. So yeah. we're going to have to do that. So Kentucky at seven, I don't believe is accurate. I would take probably Arkansas and put them at seven. I didn't think they showed very like did a very good job of showing. I don't even know if I would have seven and eight to me between Arkansas and South Carolina. I would have them seven and eight. Kentucky, I would have <clears throat> I'd have Kentucky at probably four. Honestly, I would have Tennessee at three. I'd put Texas A&M at six. So right now, according to on three, it's Georgia, Bama, A&M, Florida, Arkansas, Tennessee. So that's their top six. I want to ask you, 
-hmm. not based off just what happened last week, but what you saw the old eye test, so to speak, how would you rank the top five based off eye test, based off what you knew going into the season? We're not just going to throw that away because Georgia looked dominant against what we thought would be a decent opponent. We don't know yet. But based off those factors, what's your top five? Off the eye test, I would have, and people are going to just jump it, and that's fine. I don't care. I'd have Alabama at one. Well, they can jump again. Up. They can jump if they want to, but I would too. That's fine. I would have Alabama at number one because looking at, I understand Oregon's a bigger name. I, I get that. But looking at the way that Alabama took care of, you know, a Utah State that was 11 and three last season, <clears throat> and it made it look like they were a no name out there. Never 55 to nothing, shut them out completely. And I get, you know, Georgia went 49, was it 49 to three over Oregon? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but at least Oregon got a field goal. Utah State didn't even get the chance to do that. If I purely based it off of Saturday and I just showed Mm -hmm. up from Mars, I would probably have Georgia ahead of Alabama. But I've also seen Bryce Young and Will Anderson last year. And I know how good they are. So I would still have Alabama number one, despite the fact that Georgia looks so good. I would have Georgia as uh, second. Yeah. I mean, Oregon, though, brought out Bo Nix like it was something to be proud of. <laughs> but that was weird. So... It, was like, it was like we got this awesome transfer. No, you got Bo Nix. You got Bo Nix. You got Bo Nix from a very, very depleted Auburn team. Like You got, you got Bo Nix. You didn't get... You're not, you're not bringing in Hendon Hooker. You're not bringing in, you know, somebody – I don't even know. You're not bringing in somebody just amazing. You got Bo Nix, man. Like, chill. So that, to me, at first just was like, well, maybe Oregon's not all that people think that they are. Because Bo Nix couldn't make it in the SEC. No. He was – like to throw more interceptions than I like or Noah. Um, Chris has Bama, Georgia, Texas, A&M, Arkansas, and Tennessee. I'm going to give you my top five. And I'm, I'm not trying to say this in any shape, form, or fashion to endear to Tennessee fans. I think those that know me over the years know that I got call a spade a spade, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Um, I actually would have Tennessee third. I would have – We agree uh, on something. Yeah, we do. Uh, our top three is exactly the same, right? Alabama, yep. Georgia, and Tennessee – um, and then after that, gosh, coin flip, Arkansas, Florida. Want to see more from all four of those teams, not just Arkansas and Florida, but I want to see more from the two teams they played. So, um, yeah, coin flip on that. But I feel I feel pretty confident in my top three. And I, I really can't believe I'm saying that at this point, that Tennessee, I feel strongly, is – the third best team in the SEC. But there's such a drop-off, Amanda. Being the third best team in the SEC, you could win eight games or you could win ten. There's such a hodgepodge of talent behind the top two of Georgia, Alabama. You could just win seven. I mean, there there are a a lot of things that uh, shake out in terms of the final record. But right now, just looking at the eye test, I do think that uh, Tennessee is the third best team in the SEC. That could change in a week. I'm very volatile. 
So I will tell you, Trevor said, Dave, are you confident in UT's defense? I'm confident that they will be a C-plus defense, and I think that's good enough. I'm more confident, like I'm more confident in Tennessee's defense than I am in Arkansas's defense, than I am in Florida's defense, um, than I am in Missouri's defense, than I am in Kentucky's defense, Ole Miss's defense. I'm more confident in Tennessee's defense than I am in those five. Yep, and I guess the reason I have uh, Tennessee ahead of uh, Florida and Arkansas if you want to pick both sides of the ball, I have more confidence in Tennessee's defense than Arkansas's offense. And with Florida, I have more confidence in Tennessee's offense than Florida's defense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're taking like Florida Tennessee matchup and who's going to come out the winner, you have more confidence in Tennessee being able to score a bunch of points on Florida. than you have the opposite way around and Florida scoring a bunch on Tennessee. That's high praise from LaFrada. Crazy Nugs is saying on our message board, click that like and subscribe button. If you're listening for the first time, we would certainly appreciate that. And again, uh, we're with you each day at eight 30. How about a little message board bingo? It's a Where fun I, one. Is, is this a good one? This is a fun day. <laughs> I love it. Owl's Nest Barbecue brings you our message board bingo today. Owl's Nest Barbecue there in beautiful Ottawa has all that you could possibly need in terms of barbecue supplies. And if you're just cruising through the area, you've got a big billboard up now. So you need to stop in. You'll be very glad you did. So it is time for Amanda's favorite and probably my favorite message board bingo. She reads the message board post. I tried to guess what school it is. And so far, the best I can do is two out of three. And that's only happened like twice. So here we go. All right. So much fun to be had today. Okay. This is an ACC team. I'm just going to, this is a whole huge thing, but I'm just going to read the title and I'm going to read the quote. The mentality is just sad. See if your doctor can prescribe you a mean pill. Lay out a church a couple of Sundays. Do something because this ain't working. Yeah, you won, but you better be realistic. It's to a coach. So he must be being too nice. Yeah. Mike Morbell, I go Florida State. No, it is uh, Clemson. That was with you. Oh, that is. Laid out of church for a couple of weeks. What? Yeah, wow, that's brutal. At least streaming at home. Um, That's, that's. Bad. I wonder if Dabo Sweeney, to some extent, if the game's passed him by a little bit. I don't know that we're going to see even any national championship. So he had a great run at quarterback, but um, had a great run at defensive lineman too. I don't want to switch change those guys, but all right. So message board bingo. I'm zero and one, and nobody is surprised. Is the ACC Atlantic the best division in CFB this year? I'm just reading. I know it's college football. I'm just reading directly what they say. 
Borrowing, borrowing from TMB, but with number four, Clemson, number three, number three, number 13, NC State, number 21, Wake. They'll jump back up with Hartman back. FSU emerging and receiving votes at number 30. Syracuse receiving votes look pretty stout. When Louisville is the worst team in the division, that says something. Can you read the very first line? Because you broke it to like the first five words. Borrowing from TMB, but with number four, Clemson. Keep going a little bit longer. A little bit more. Number 13, NC State. Okay. So is this 21? Wait. It's ACC. Georgia Tech. No, this is Florida State. They got that win over LSU, and they got real happy. So uh, Crazy Nugs apparently um, is one and one as well because he had Clemson. I so when I'm getting beat by everybody. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. Now I'm owing two. This one is high quality. It's just funny. It's just funny. Okay. Wild story from three weeks ago. My coworker just now told me this. My buddy is at Cutters three weekends ago. This quarterback was there surrounded by a bunch of people. My buddy goes to the bathroom. He's at the urinal and someone taps on his shoulder and says, got anything sharp? My buddy said, uh, sure, quarterback. I have this knife right here. Above one of the stalls, there's some carvings on the wall. One side reads tits, and the other reads A-Z-Z, with tally marks under each of them. Quarterback takes my buddy's knife and cuts out the entire section, the boob section, crumbles it up, and throws it away. I don't know how it's a carving, but that's fine. Proceeds to put a million tally marks under the rear end section. Unbelievable story, right? Except my friend snapped some photos and there is quarterback clear as day holding my buddy's knife and carving into the wall. Said he folded the knife up, handed it back and thanked him, then walked away. That's my quarterback. Quarterback. Not quarterback, quarterback. With a W. That's with a Q U A, but no R. Quarterback. Oh, that's the Oxford spelling, I'm told. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I have no idea who that is. I was thrown by the moment you said <laughs> that a man touched another man while at the urinal. That's um, <laughs> it is an SEC school. Okay, I will say. Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss. I have no idea. Does anybody else have an idea? I can't see comments, so. Uh, said sounds like Quinn Evers. Yours, excuse me, yours. That's Ole Miss, no. It is Stetson Bennett from Georgia. I wanted to go with Stetson Bennett, and I didn't. From Georgia. Oh, good old Stetson Bennett is a butt guy. Apparently. Maybe he wants Boutte. Nice. 
Bennett to Boutte. I mean, how long does Stetson Bennett have left at Georgia? It feels like he's been there for since I was in school. Um, he's he's the next Stephen Garcia. He just never leaves. Stays there the whole time. Never never leaves. Craft craft treats as the full spectrum CBD treats for your dog, and they can help with anxiety. They can help with arthritis as well. Just absolutely incredible. Go to crafttreats.com or you can uh, check us out. If you go to offthehooksports.com, you can click on any of their uh, ads there or any of their links. They also sponsor Chalk Talk, and you can get a discount with the YouTube channel. And just check out Chalk Talk, and you'll get a significant discount on treats that will make your wallet and pet happy. This day in sports history, anything satin, as my grandmother used to say, satin. That's satin. Um, well, just going on the craft treats, Ava is getting, she's not in here, so she can't hear me. Ava is getting her hair cut today. And so guess what? We're going to fill her up with before she goes because she hates it. She'd be stoned as a bat. <laughs> what do you got? This what? She'd be stoned as a bat. All right, this day in sports history, what do you got? All right, in 1986, that was a good year, Dan Marino throws his 100th career touchdown pass the fastest quarterback in nfl history to do so uh and in my opinion the best pure passer of the football in the history of mankind and i could argue that with anyone i just uh, a really cool story about dan marino did you know he had the uber quick release like the way he got his you know on you and his dad made him stand. They had a barn. Made him stand behind a barn, and his throwing arm could only go so far back. So it built the muscles back to the back to the barn, the wall, so he could only use his muscles. And that's how he developed that quick twitch in his shoulder to get the ball out. Wow! His dad had the forethought of like a. I don't know. That's crazy. Good for yeah, him. I, that cropped up in my memory. Tell you what's memorable is uh, Pedigo Chattanooga because you can get all around downtown Chattanooga with uh, Pedigo Chattanooga, and they have the bikes that you can rent or purchase. And the, the thing about it is they're family owned, and they've got the service department. So if you go with a bike somewhere else, then you're going to have issues with uh, service. I can promise you that. So Amanda Lafrada, Josh Heupel on the SEC teleconference today we'll have coverage of that via caleb calhoun and um it's i don't know that anything monstrous is going to come out of it i know that everybody's going to you know thinking about Jawan mitchell is he going to be healthy enough to play could we get an announcement there i kind of doubt it i think um as all coaches do you play that really really close to the best and i can't say that i blame them um, and you, you don't need anybody, especially a good quality opponent like Pitt, knowing uh, that. So we'll have coverage of that on offthehooksports.com. And uh, if you're in the Knoxville area and need a mattress, the Mattress Place is the place to go. The Mattress Place is there on Chapman Highway. It's just a couple of miles from downtown, which people don't think. They hear Chapman Highway, but uh, the Mattress Place, no gimmicks, just 30 to 70% off. Each and every day, they are awesome, Steve. 
We certainly appreciate it. For Amanda LaFrada, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Hit that like and subscribe button and turn your notifications on to get more from OTH. RBF.